0: Up everybody! It's your draft queens, Kate and Michelle,
1: and welcome to a new episode of Drafts on Drafts, our favorite weekly episode where we talk about sports and culture and drink alcohol because apparently that's the type of people we are, Kate and I. But this week's even more special because we found a third musketeer that is just like us. Yeah,
0: we don't drink alone. That's for sure. We <laughs> bring in people to drink with us.
1: Um, who is our special guest, Michelle? We've got the one and only, if you tuned in last year, you will remember this lovely voice of Maria Marino from SMY. Round of applause. We love her. Hi,
0: Maria. Yay. Hello.
2: It's so good to be back with you ladies. That was uh, just so exciting hearing that introduction.
0: (laughs) We are (laughs) so glad to have you.
2: (laughs) I don't have a beer on hand, but I stole um, a hard kombucha
1: from my (laughs) fridge. There you go. My fiance's stash, and um, it's pretty pretty good. <laughs> there you go. See, you fit you fit right in. We literally Absolutely. told Maria five seconds ago to like figure it out, and there she is. She's on it already. I think this is great. It'll help
2: loosen everybody up. We'll have a nice <laughs> joyful conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess since you are, if if for those of you listening who listen to the show consistently, you know that Michelle and I are uh, we're doing our NCAA brackets across men's and women's basketball. Um, But of course, we are not basketball experts. We're here for the football. So uh, (laughs) we bring Maria in every year because she is our expert. And so I will drink to that first and foremost. Um, Michelle, I'm having my normal IPA. You know that. Uh, And it's this week. It's the Loxa River Grand Teton Brewing Company Hazy IPA. So um, most definitely will drink to to having maria on the show what are you drinking today
1: uh i'm carrying over my uh miami vibes and drinking corona light still i love it i love (laughs) it that is such
0: a vibe and um like i said maria we are so excited to have you so before we get into all things basketball what have you been up to since you were on the show last year in 2021 march madness
2: well, funny enough, I think I was on right around the same time, like going into the sweet 16 rounds of the tournament last year. So this has become a nice little tradition. <laughs> uh, definitely a lot of basketball. I'll be honest. I cover UConn women's basketball specifically for SNY. This was really exciting because I got back on the sidelines this year. I wasn't able to during the you know, post pandemic season. Yep. So back to traveling on the road, Um, and I was at the first two rounds of the tournament, um, at UConn. And so I'll be honest, it's a lot of basketball. Like, I want to say that I have a life beside that, but at the moment (laughs) I really don't, (laughs)
0: how many, uh, how often are you on the road to see games? I have to know.
2: Well, SNY broadcasts up to 18 or so games per season. I think we did 15 or 16 this year. Oh and God. then I went to a couple other that a couple others that were non SNY broadcasted. that I was just recording at the games, like um, for SNY. And that included the first couple rounds. I also covered the big East women's basketball tournament, which was a great time. And um, so it was just so good to be back at live games and fans in the stands and just the whole experience. Uh-huh. It's amazing.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, Considering that, this is a perfect time to have you on because this episode is launching in the last week of Women's History Month. Uh, Again, for those of you who listen every week to Drafts on Drafts and drink with us, you know that earlier in the month, the first week of Women's History Month, uh, in our Who Run the World episode, we talked about the great things happening across all of women's sports. So um, the... Uh, the women the US uh, Women's Federation for Soccer and their 24 million dollar class action equal pay lawsuit which was fantastic to have a huge win in soccer um, Natalie Portman co-founding the LA pro women's soccer team um, some strides in title 9 across a number of different sports but um obviously again we're here to talk about basketball and most timely um considering we talked to you a year ago and we were talking about like the good bad and ugly about what's going on in women's NCAA basketball last year we talked about UConn a ton we talked about Paige Beckers we talked about um great things happening with college basketball stars we also talked about some things that were not so great, right? Um, I think we all remember the viral, unfortunately viral, but fortunately to gain that sort of attention for the wild conditions that mm-hmm. were happening in women's workout facilities for for the uh, for the tournament, the weight room conditions, the lunches they had, and swag bags, oh, yeah. and all of this shit that we talked about last year. <laughs> um, There's been a lot of ground covered, but maybe not so much. Um, We're back in the headlines this week for that same sort of thing. So, um, Maria, I don't know if you want to catch folks up to speed about what's been happening in the last couple weeks for women's basketball and some of, like, the disparity in equity that is still happening between men's and women's basketball. I would love to. And thank you so
2: much for sort of creating that launch pad because I'm about to take off right now. So you guys better buckle up i'm ready just a warning i'm gonna do that thing where i probably ramble for about 10 straight minutes we love it but i promise i'm gonna keep this quick and punchy and and we're gonna get you out of here but i just want you to know sort of the gist of what's been going on yeah and you mentioned everything with women's history month it's also the 50th anniversary of title IX, so big deal and it's just so apropos that the ncaa has started to make good on some of the problems that they've had with equity in the past. Now, there's still a long way to go, but I mentioned this a year ago. Everything that we saw that went viral that was negative, it all has become a positive. And it was sort of a blessing in disguise that there needed to be these two bubble situations created for the men's and women's basketball tournaments last year because it provided a window into all of the equity issues. And that has in turn prompted a whole lot of change. So just a quick rundown of some of the things that have happened. Um, There was a a law firm that was hired by the NCAA to review everything to do with equity. And there's been extensive reports published by this firm Um, there were, there's like a phase one and phase two, I mean, hundreds of pages and it's been outlined in various news articles. If you want to catch up to speed. Um, but the bottom line is that they found that the NCAA continuously undervalued women's sports and in particular women's basketball and, um, prioritized men's basketball, which makes sense in the, in the, in the sense that, you know, the. Men's tournament was started way back when and and mind you when when that was started it was relatively small you mm-hmm, know like mm-hmm. 15,000 somewhat fans total attended but obviously it grew over time which is kind of the natural progression but it sort of became used as this like excuse to prioritize it because they knew that it generated money however um the business is showing that the ratings are up and they the sponsorships are up and all yeah. of these business metrics that you realize from a business perspective, that the way that they had handled a lot of the things on the women's side was just like, not, it was just not up to par from both an equity standpoint and just a smart, yeah. like investment standpoint. Yeah, And so, um, that's sort of the, the gist of some of the reports, but some of the recommendations were, um, utilizing the March Madness brand for both the men's and the women's. So uh, around this time last year, the Wall Street Journal, I, I mentioned this to you guys, had reported that they, the NCAA kind of withheld use of that branding mm-hmm. from the women. Yeah. And this is obviously a an extremely lucrative brand. And so where are we, you know, a year later? There is now not just a March Madness app for the men. Before it was a March Madness app, and I remember, Michelle, you complained about this. Yes. You, like, pulled up the March Madness app, and it was all men, right? Was all men.
1: I was I was so confused. I was like, how does this, how does one not fall in, it didn't make any sense to me at all. Correct. And that was a um, a result of the
2: usage by the NCAA. Now there is a March Madness WBB app for women's yes. basketball. Yes.
0: And I literally,
2: I wrote a note down, and I I, I literally wrote lol next to this <laughs> because because i looked at the it, if you search on the app store it's ncaa march madness live is the men's app there are three hundred ninety three thousand reviews okay it was launched in 2014 and then in the march madness wbb app there are 31 reviews parentheses lol Um, because it's essentially, you know, it's existed in some form for like a year or two, but this is really the first year they've ever used it. Right, right, right. So it's just like, again, like the women's side is just behind in terms of, you know, marketing all of this stuff. A Couple of other things they changed, Twitter accounts. So like it used Mm. to be March Madness used to just refer to the men's basketball tournament. Now the NCAA women's basketball is, is, Uh, now March Madness, so there's March Madness men's and women's, and there's also um, dual accounts for the men's and women's final four. Mm. Um, I mean, it wasn't like a perfect rollout. I guess these accounts or designations were created January 4th for the final four for the men's and women's, and the W final four, the first tweet was like almost a month later, February 1st, and it hadn't been active Prior to that, since 2014, whereas wow. the men's was act continuously active, like since right. it was created wow. um, back in like 2012. Wow. But but nonetheless, there's progress, right? We yeah. Have, mm-hmm. have the two accounts because you know I, it's little things like that, but you know it's just important that sports aren't assumed inherently male, so you don't see like NCAA tournament and just assume it's only the men's, right? right? And like. Even Google modified its searches. So now, when you search NCAA tournament, you see both men's and women's games. Yep. Little things like that, I just think are super important for like just the overall, yeah. you know, um, persona of the tournaments and, and what people expect. Uh, another recommendation was Selection Sunday. I love having that. both. I love having me both, a
0: Selection Sunday.
2: Yeah. Okay. So when you think Selection Sunday, I mean, that's a big, deal but for Mm -hmm. a while the women were on selection monday and so it's just you know again if you're a fan of women's basketball you know you would know selection monday but for like the general public and general sports fans they think college basketball march madness you think selection sunday yeah and that paid off big time so the ratings for the women's selection show were up 160 percent over 2021 it was the most viewed women's special since 05, 1.19 million viewers. Wow. So obviously the right call there. Yeah. Um, they added the, the women's tournament added the first four. So before they only had oh, 64 okay. teams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the men's yeah. started out with 68, have the yep. first four. They did that for the first time this year, which was great. allowed right. um, some other teams to get noticed and on the stage. Um, They adjusted planning committees and the staff and budget for both men's and women's basketball. They completely overhauled that. Wow. Um, And there's still work to do, um, but I just wanted to highlight as well, like attendance this year has been off the charts. Um, It's actually a record through the first two rounds, 216,000 plus people attended the first and second rounds on the women's side. So, you're seeing that. You're seeing, like I said, the growth in ratings. Yep. Um, there's just there's a there's a lot going on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the one thing that the NCAA hasn't done quite yet is they were recommended to to sort of add a title within the NCAA to manage the business and to mm. manage media rights deals because yeah. When I talk about undervaluing, I mean, the primary source of income for the men's tournament is the broadcast deal with CBS. Right, right. The women have the broadcast deal with ESPN. However, it was like a paltry amount and it was like over 14 years. And it was not just the women's basketball tournament, but like 28 other sports all packaged mm-hmm. together. And oh, wow. the this report recommended that women's basketball is strong enough. Yep. Standalone property and it should be worth way more. Yeah, and um, I'm just going to shout out uh, front office sports and Amanda Christovich, they're really good people to follow if you want to get like all the numbers and the details. But let me just say, it's a lot. And <laughs> to be fair, it's not just the women's tournament that has been undervalued, like the NCAA, they have a track record of undervaluing even the men's sports, and yeah, and they've been their business savvy has certainly been questionable in the past. So let's put it that way. There's
1: lots of business, business related questions that you could raise around the NCAA and its players. For sure. And a couple other quick things. I mentioned like more
2: sponsorships for the women. They sold out it's at their ad inventory this year, like in like record time. So it just shows you that brands are interested in investing and it, and it shows you that, there is a product worth investing, and that's yep. growing. So last year, women's ratings were up 9% for the tournament. Okay, Men's were down 14.
1: And oh. I don't say
2: that to disparage the men sure. in any way. The men still have far more viewers, but there's still a trend going where there's obviously this opportunity for growth on the women's yeah. side that is just ridiculously stupid to ignore if you have any like business acumen whatsoever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes, but that is <laughs> oh, all no. so exciting. I'm I'm very yeah. glad to I'm thrilled to hear. I had no idea. There you go. This That's is why, why I'm expert. here. Yes, yes. I mean you know, I try. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't
2: say expert. I just. I pay attention, and I'm just obsessed with this no, stuff. No, you're. So. You're the way.
1: You're. You're the way we are about football. Like we are not football experts, and we say that all throughout football season. But we love it, and we are passionate about it, and we follow it. And like you exude passion about this, and I'm so glad to hear like so many things have changed. I mean, honestly, even to your point, silly things that should make sense, but didn't right. make sense, you know, and are working towards mm-hmm. it. When I did start to make my brackets, there was just as easily in the CBS app a spot where I could click men's tournament, and right next to it there was a, a I could click women's tournament, like there you go, right next to each other. Which seems like oh yeah, of course, but that wasn't the case in years past. So it's just like give them an even playing field sure. as best you can to start. Even though, as you said, Maria, the women's uh, the women's league is is already behind. But like yes. just. Just put them on an even playing field here. Right. And it's behind both because of just
2: history and that sort of thing, but it's also behind because of their own doing. And that's what's unfortunate. And so now we're starting to make strides with them, um, leveling that playing field, as you said. And I definitely want to get into the bracket, but I'm going to throw out one more quick number for you. yeah, Yeah. Um, Just because they released some numbers um, for the first couple of rounds of the women's basketball tournament in terms of viewers. So the game between UCF and UConn had 1.13 million viewers, most viewed early round window since 2009. Um, also, and I, a little birdie tells me that someone predicted this upset um, <laughs> in the Greensboro region. There was a game, and we're going to get into all of this, so hold tight, but uh, it was Creighton, Iowa, 993,000 viewers. Um, to sum it up, second round averaged um, 25% higher viewership than last year. So wow. 25%, that's, that's nothing to stop at. Um, and then through two rounds, viewership is up 15% um, over last year. Uh... Nearly 26 million hours viewed across ESPN
1: platforms Amazing. through two rounds. So just wanted to throw those numbers out there. That's, um, that's important though. That's an important yeah. qualifier. Like so many people tune in and watch the big games towards the end, but the fact that the numbers are yes. already seeing what they're seeing in the early rounds, that's a big deal. And side note, this is only the second year.
2: This is insane to me. This, <laughs> the tournament was created like 40 years ago for the women. Yeah. This is only the second year that every game of every round was nationally televised. Wow. I do. The last year was the first round. Yeah. I remember talking about that. And also last year was the first year that they had a tournament, like an early round tournament game on network TV. Like they had it on ABC instead of ESPN. Mm -hmm. Right. They had a regular season game on Fox for the very first time as opposed to like the non main channel. So like things like that make you go, huh? Like no wonder visibility was down. And I just, like to throw things out there because there are sort of these narratives that have developed over time that become sort of fallbacks. And these numbers just show that those narratives are either debunked or yeah. on, mm. on well on their way to changing. So yeah. now let's get into <laughs> <laughs> the bracket and some of these upsets, because there's another narrative out there that is, um, in my opinion, a very tired, um narrative mm-hmm. and that yeah. is that the women's tournament is has less madness than yeah. the men's tournament right because that's been a knock in the past yeah that it was more predictable and therefore less entertaining and yeah. therefore quote-unquote not the same product and right. yes i am quoting a media talking head who shall not be named because i'm not going <laughs> to even give him that oh, no, exactly exactly yeah. yes but also f him um just <laughs> kidding <laughs> But not really. So, <laughs> um, little little recap of the first round. Um, six double-digit seeds won in the first round. They that's in comparison to by my count seven on the men's side. So mm-hmm. pretty, you know, not even, but pretty pretty darn good. Pretty,
0: pretty damn um, good is for sure. Yes. And f that guy and who thinks it's not as good.
2: Oh, yeah, F that guy. <laughs> um, two of those teams went on to pull up upsets in the second round. On the men's side, four in the second round. Okay, Pretty okay. Pretty cool. But some other context that not even I had put two and two together <laughs> until this year. Like, this was like a light bulb moment for me. It was like one of those things that you know, but you never really think about it in context. Mm-hmm. So, like, the men's, the men's play – Everything on neutral sites, so yeah. that's one thing that you know with the branding of March Madness. Oh, I and, see your saying. And yes, the, NCAA yes. the NCAA had sort of warned us that there are certainly there are things that they're still working on. So, for instance, like if you turn on a first turned on a first or second round game, you wouldn't see March Madness in the center of the court. You would actually see the home team's logo or the host team's logo. Right. So all of those upsets that I had mentioned to you did not involve top four seeds. So basically the top 16 seeds overall host. They host the first two rounds of the tournament. So they get home court advantage in those. Mm. Now, part of the women's, um, you know, their whole system is that you earn those seeds. So you sort of earn that home court advantage. But all of those upsets, until we get to the second round, which I'm gonna get to, all those like first round upsets were essentially neutral sites because they were not a top four seed. Yep. So, you know, people say like, oh, you know, like I said, there's less madness and yada, yada, yada. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> like there, there's partly, like there's some reasons yeah. for this. And so in the second round, there was an upset on the home court. And that was that Creighton-Iowa game that I mentioned. Mm, and that is the insane. one.
1: That's the one that screwed up my bracket on the Greensboro side. That one. I, I thought you was, got that one. Well, I got no, I got everything in the I got everything in the first round. Oh, in the first round. I got okay. everything I got so, everything in the first round, and then I got three out of four games in the second round. Okay, but not that one. Okay, so could, well, first of all, I wouldn't have picked that one either, so
2: understandable. <laughs> but kudos to you because you did get you still got that upsets. so basically number 10 creighton upset number seven colorado in the first round at the greensboro region and then we move to the second round yep and creighton is visiting iowa now you ladies will remember i so hyped up this matchup last year which was the iowa yukon matchup in the sweet 16 last year and i told you all about Paige Beckers on UConn's side, yep, yep. Caitlin Clark on Iowa's yes. side. And they were sort of like competing, not competing against each other, but sort of competing all year long in the eyes of viewers. There was this whole debate, who's the best freshman, who's the best player yep. in the country. Yep. So no so no surprise to anyone. They end up in the same region last year and they clash into Sweet 16. Um, Iowa was great, but UConn definitely had sort of more firepower and they, they uh, went on to make it to the Final Four last year. Yep. This year, there was another debate, and it was the National Player of the Year debate. Caitlin Clark was right in that conversation mm-hmm. once again. Yeah, she led D one not only in scoring but also assists, which has like never been done before. I'm wow. pretty sure. And um, then there was uh, so South Carolina has been sort of the de facto best team all year long. They've basically okay. been rated um, number one in the AP poll wire to wire this season. So they have Aaliyah Boston. And you remember Aaliyah Boston from the final four last year, they had lost um, to Stanford. She had a putback that she couldn't quite get. And so Aaliyah Boston's definitely, you know, she's a top player in the country for sure. And she's just super consistent, you know, double-double machine, um, just a very dominant post player that can also get out and shoot the three, which is impressive. But then you have Caitlin Clark pulling threes from the logo and all this and that. <laughs> yeah. So now Iowa—it's it, crazy when we talk about attendance too. Um, and I think this is partly a reason why the women's side has stuck to neutral uh, to non-neutral sites in the mm-hmm. beginning is because they really want to showcase the fans and yeah. the stands, and they want that product to to look great on TV. And there may at some point be a an argument for switching that up, but for now they have that, and it's kind of cool because Iowa. It's it's crazy, like, Caitlin Clark went there, and they, they have all this attention on them, and they've been just selling out, you know, their arena, and they had a sellout this past Saturday against Creighton. So almost 15,000 fans, and it was raucous. And um, basically, <laughs> they did not count on the fact that Creighton, and by the way, Creighton's in the Big East. Shout out to the Big East. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Creighton has um, this young woman by the name of Lauren Jensen, who was actually an Iowa transfer. And I didn't know this going into the game.
1: Oh, wow. So this was essentially a
2: revenge game for her that I didn't even pick up on. Wow. I bet you people knew that. More people would have picked
1: Creighton.
2: So if I knew, like, again, and talk about, like, sports betting, by the way, which is uh, another entire, like, realm of possibility that hasn't even been tapped yet for the women's side sports hey, sports hey they're just they're in there to. it is in yeah. there and yeah. they're all yeah.
1: they're all clearly marked which ones are the women's ones as well so you can like, that's properly go in there which is really mm-hmm. as fantastic a little, as someone that maybe has a little bit of a gambling problem now i can bet on the women's no, <laughs> I, right I love it
2: and that's yeah. awesome and that's definitely like again that's like just started like that's yeah. like Yep. relatively new so that's yep. going to increase in interest in the games as well but like if you so, knew that nugget you might be like oh i maybe i'm going to go for that right and, and on yeah, an yeah, upset yeah. here so they held caitlin clark to the, like her lowest scoring output of the season she had 15 points um she still had 10 assists monica sonato had like 27 she was like the the big on on Iowa but they missed at the end Lauren Jensen she scored 19 including 9 of the last 10 points for her team and, and the go-ahead 3.0 Damn. with 12 seconds left it was nuts and so cute just again there's there's plenty of wonderful fantastic mm-hmm. madness and in addition to that upset in the Wichita region you had South Dakota upsetting Baylor so now you actually have two double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16. Oh, I Baylor love was, that. And, and Bay- Baylor was a really good team. And there were also two other close calls. Um, Tennessee won over Belmont by only three points, and that was a game that was played at Tennessee. So, mm-hmm. again, if it, was, if it was on a neutral site, who knows? Yep. And in, in the same fashion, Princeton lost to Indiana, by a point yes 56 55 and again indiana on their home court so super interesting um and so therefore anyone who thinks there is not madness on the women's side you're not paying attention (laughs) um so (laughs) so yeah there's that um and now if you want as i as i'm like dictating this whole thing if you want we can sort of preview like what's to come? <laughs> I
0: definitely want to preview what's to come. I mean, I think in breaking down who's left in the Sweet Sixteen, right? So yeah. in the Greensboro, uh, in the Greensboro division region, it's yep. uh, South Carolina and North yep. Carolina, correct? We got Iowa State and Creighton, the three and the ten seed, respectively. Yeah. Then we move down to Wichita, which is uh, Louisville, Tennessee, the one in the four seed. And then Michigan and South Dakota, the three and 10. Correct. Then moving over to Bridgeport, we've got uh, NC State, Notre Dame, the one in the five. Uh-huh. And we've got Indiana, Yukon, three and yes, the two ma'am. seed. That's a fun game. And the Spokane region, which is Stanford, Maryland, one and four seed. Yeah. And uh, like you said, we talked a ton about Stanford last year. And... Um, Ohio state, the six seed and Texas, the two seed. We've got, that's an, right. An amazing 16 team lineup. Let's talk yes. about it. And you know, Maria, you know, if you know, Michelle and I, we're <laughs> going to play some bets on this show oh, before we go. Up. So <laughs> um, I'll try,
2: I'll try my best not to steer you wrong. Um, <laughs> but let's, let's, let's run through it a little bit. So just in summation, all four number one seeds are still alive. Yep. Um, Like I said, South Carolina, let's start. I'll start in the Greensboro. South Carolina um, has really been sort of the most consistent and best team all year. Although more recently, and including the first two rounds of the tournament, their offense has looked a little bit stagnant. Their defense has been great, which has kept them where they are. But I am curious to see against North Carolina if if their offense is able to get going a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm looking out for. Right. Then you have, as mentioned, Iowa State and Creighton. Now, I admittedly um, I don't know as much about Iowa State, but just in reading a little bit, I'm really I'm really curious to see if Creighton can keep this hot streak. I going. was going to say, like, I
1: feel like if they're on that run to the top, I mean, like I don't, yeah, I I think maybe they just keep on rolling. Well,
2: you know, Iowa State was is a you know came in as a three seed iowa was a two seed which create an upset and so they certainly have the ability to beat that caliber of team and the fact like what they did what they did last weekend which i hopefully illustrated somewhat well yeah it was really really impressive yeah now i do wonder if there might be a little bit of a hangover but I still think that's
1: going to be a really good game so I'm really I mean, excited to see. If you look at the scores, though, Iowa State in the first round played a 14 seed, and they only won by seven. Like, mm-hmm. that was a very close game. Then they yep. go, and their second-round matchup is against a six seed. They yeah. blew them out. Like, blew yeah. them out. So, yeah. I just – you wonder – It could go like, either way. Yeah, it could totally go either way. I agree. But so I'm going definitely, <laughs> You're going <laughs> – Going You're Creighton. going
2: Creighton. You
1: hide. I love it. Creighton.
2: I know. Well, it's, it's it's certainly it was just it was just so great to watch. Um, and then if you move down to Wichita, Louisville um, has been good, pretty good all year. They kind of stumbled in their conference tournament in the ACC and lost. Yeah, but I think that's kind of fueling them. And also, I I forgot to mention that about South Carolina too. South Carolina lost their conference tournament to Kentucky. Mm. And that was another big surprise. Huh. Kentucky was in the Bridgeport region. And when I saw that UConn and Kentucky were in that same region, I thought, oh, I wonder if UConn's going to end up playing Kentucky. But they got, they were one of those, they fell victim to yep. Princeton and, and were upset in the first round. Mm. So that's just how crazy it is. If like, you have a team, Kentucky, that beats South Carolina in their conference tournament, which is one of the best teams in the country, and then, Gets to the first round of the tournament and upsets. So, like, crazy times. Um, But anyway, I was talking about Louisville. I would expect Louisville to roll against Tennessee. Like I said, Tennessee squeaked by Belmont on their home court in the last round. And um, Haley Van Lith is really – she's playing very well of late. Like, if you look at her numbers, um, I think she's been scoring, like, roughly 20 points Mm -hmm. per game and shooting very well from the field. Yep. That – I would be shocked if they if they lost. And the next one is the other, our other sort of Cinderella, which is South Dakota. They right. came in as a ten seed. They yeah. they upset first Ole Miss, then Baylor. Now they're playing Michigan. And I watched Michigan in the last round. They have a senior there, Nas Hillman. She got her fiftieth career double double the other day in a win okay. over Villanova, and I she looked unstoppable. Like oh. I literally. I was watching her; just very tough. Um, she's one of the best players in the country. She is a, yeah. an all-American. So, I, you know, as 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 nice as it. I'm writing no, right my parlays
1: yeah. down over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, Maria's I giving me all the inside scoop. Here. Now, now, like,
2: don't get me wrong. Like, South Dakota has proven they were probably slightly under and they're playing great. But again, you have Michigan, who has. Just, again, one of the best players in the country, one mm-hmm. of the best talents yep. in in Nas Hellman. And, um So, so we're I saying expect, go
0: blue at that one.
2: Go blue. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying <laughs> I would be shocked
0: if Michigan did not win. Okay. Um, yes, yes, yes. So then
2: we go over to Spokane, and I think the Stanford-Maryland game should be sneaky good. Stanford has looked fantastic. They're on, like, yeah. Gosh, I want to see, like, a 22-game win streak. So they are just rolling. Mm. And then they're also defending champs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes.
2: And by the way, I'm going to wrap this up. We're almost done. But I think – I still think Stanford's the far deeper team. Um, but Maryland is very good. They were very good last year. And – I, I, I hope we're in store for a good one there, right. but I still think Stanford's just a deeper,
0: oh, yeah. more I experienced agree. team. Well, I it agree. looks like of all the teams who have played in the entire tournament, and again, I'm yeah. skimming the bracket, but yeah. Maryland is the only triple-digit scoring team mm. in the entire bracket. So yeah, they, it seems they, firecrackery.
2: They are. They have a really good offense. I'm pretty sure they were the top-scoring team in the country last year. And they've st- sort of kind of got back into that form as the season went on this year. So it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be like a walk in the park by any means. Yeah, um, sure. So it should be good. The Ohio state, Texas team, uh, matchup. That's kind of one that I, I feel like could go either way. So I would be on the lookout. I would be sort of on the
1: lookout for that one
0: set alert! As don't it. put that in your parlay, Pun- Michelle. <laughs>
2: don't worry, I got,
1: I, got, I got my parlays written down over here. So Ohio hard. State is a six, Texas
2: is a two. Um, admittedly, I don't know as much about these teams, but nothing really stands out as like a super advantage. So mm. yeah, Michelle, check the scores of those <laughs> in the last games. See if anything stands out, any trends. Yeah. Um, but uh and then over to bridgeport the this is another pair of games that i think are going to be really really good so nc state's the one seed there yep they looked great notre dame has looked really good too um they scored over 100 points in their matchup There we
0: their go. last
2: their last game against oklahoma so they are super potent um they have a, a freshman there olivia miles who had a triple double in the first round. And I want to say that was like the first ever NCAA tournament men's or women's triple double. Wow. I'm pretty that's sure.
1: Wild. That's pretty fair. Yeah.
2: So um, that, gosh, that's going to be a good one. I would definitely be on alert for that one too, as far as a potential upset. Not, nothing yeah. against NC State. I just think Notre Dame's really hot right now. Mm-hmm. And yes. then um, finally to Indiana, UConn. Indiana, from what I understand, is just very experienced and that experience really helped them. Like I said, they they held on to beat Princeton by a point in the last round. So Okay, but they're they not gonna be a Yukon. Ex- Come on. Well, I I do think in I'm trying to be not biased here, but I do think <laughs> that Yukon that has a good combination of experience and just flat out like elite talent. Sure, sure, sure. It's not like last year where they had like no seniors on the team. Right. This year they have Um, technically four seniors, one's a a grad transfer and now like their star, like the people that were stars last year, like Paige Beckers, Leah Edwards, now they have that now they're in their second year. The one sort of wild card is, you know, Paige Beckers was injured most of the year. She had to have a knee surgery. And so she just came back like a couple of weeks ago and she's getting, you know, she's working her way back,
0: Mm -hmm. but
2: she, but she has steadily played more and more minutes She's, I feel like she's progressing each and every game. She's not yet in, I don't believe she is at the form that she was last year when she was national player of the year quite yet, but she's continuing to build. Um, And so I just think with that all aside, they still have a lot of talent and combine that with experience. So Mm. I do, I do expect them to move on.
0: Now we have to know Before we wrap up, obviously, (laughs) we have to know. Don't ask me. For all of us who haven't built a bracket or who are parlaying our bets or are trying to figure out who exactly to put our money on or our eyeballs on. If you're not betting, that's okay. Who do you expect, Maria, in your final four and possibly the championship game? What do you think?
2: Well, I do expect. I do think Yukon will make the Final Four. Um Stanford, I definitely expect to be there.
1: Yep.
2: I still say South Carolina. I think it's kind it's it's chalky. It's chalky. Um the one that I'm not sure about is like if Michigan plays Louisville. That mm. one I feel like I think Louisville is still probably the more complete team. Um gosh, this is it's like alright. one um i think right now to be honest with you stanford looks like the most dominant team yeah yeah, yeah. i would have told you a couple of weeks ago i would have said south carolina but i i just and they still could very well win i just feel like their offense hasn't looked as dynamic and as potent as as stanford mhm um but i still feel like if as long as UConn continues to trend up they could also take it, so I guess I'm. Oh, don't I can't I can't do it. I can't. Give it, <laughs> I can't give a, a like a, a champion pick, but I think who, I'll just say this: I think Stanford looks like the best team right now. So uh, there we go. Take that, take making, that as
1: you will. As as Aren't you as, invested. No, but that's a good thing, and the fact that you're so invested and you rattled off three of the four teams I have going to the final four, I feel very good about my selections. Who's your fourth selection, Michelle? Uh, my fourth selection was Iowa, but as we discussed, that was that was uh, upset. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. That was
0: my,
1: but I have I have UConn upsetting Stanford. Oh, in the final. That's four. That's going to be ah uh, in the final happens. four. And I hope that I have UConn taking the whole thing. I think I was partially inspired by our, our conversation and just knowing uh, you in general uh, from last year. I was like UConn. Fair uh, enough. Doing it.
2: Fair enough. No, I just uh, I think they definitely. They can do it, and they are they have actually have much more depth than they had last year. There so, and funny enough, last year they, they lost to Arizona in the final four. Arizona was one of the early round yeah. um, upsets. Yep. So, quick crossover to the men's. I know I'm going to let you go.
0: Never. <laughs> to talk about but this for I, days. I, but, but
2: props to Michelle, because I think you did say in the men's side that you thought North Carolina was going to –
1: North Carolina, okay, here's the thing about North Carolina. They are very stressful to watch, like so stressful. Like the last game that they won, I swear they don't even deserve to win it. Like, but I did make that pick and so far they're hanging pretty tough. Yes, well
2: that's props to you on that. And also another quick crossover, the coach of Notre Dame is called Neil Ivy and her son is Jaded Ivy, who you guys talked about on Purdue. Oh yeah. And, oh. and Purdue is playing St. Peter's which was the is the Cinderella of the men's yes. so far and Jersey City represent. Yeah.
0: Absolutely 100% Go Jer- Jersey represent <laughs> and uh he actually uh the coach of St. Peter's went to our like uh our sister brother high school so it all comes full circle.
2: Awesome. so much
1: so much good stuff to watch on both sides who's gonna win the men's side then maria oh god i don't who's gonna win the men's side i haven't
2: even looked at that bracket in like three days so (laughs) i don't i I forget i don't i've been too i've been too swamped and, and like knee deep in the women's i'll be honest i didn't fill out
0: I didn't pull out a men's breath. Mm. <laughs> Confession. I like
2: Confession. Listen, I like it.
0: You gotta, you, you sometimes you have to hone in because by the time listeners yeah. are hearing this, um, yeah. we will be through uh, the elite eight, which, yeah. you know, is it's crazy yeah. how fast time is flying. We'll be through the elite eight here and, yeah. uh, and into pretty much the final four um, yeah. in the coming days. So, there's a lot of basketball to be watched. And, um, before we let you go, Maria, um, Mm -hmm. any parting thoughts for our listeners?
2: Uh, you know, I would just say, if I'm being honest, you know, (laughs) (laughs) obviously the men's games, I'm, I love basketball in general and I've been watching a lot of the men's games and I've been watching, I was watching the men's conference tournaments, but I just love being able to flip back and forth to yeah. all these different games, and that includes men's and women's. And I would just say throw the women's game on now and again. Flip back flip back and forth when, when you know, because I think that all the games vary. Some are more exciting than others. Yep. And, um, you know, just the other night when Saint, I was out with friends watching St. Peter's on the, on the men's side, and we came back to our place, threw on whatever other men's game was on, and then I was also – flipping back to the women's side and it was just great. And I just, I would just say, if you're a fan of ball, like give both a try.
1: Agree.
0: That's right. Well, listen, (laughs) um, we, we have much, much, much more basketball. It's only for another couple days, but we have a lot more basketball to be watched. So um, coming off the elite eight here, make sure to tune into the final four and the NCAA championship games between April 2nd and April 4th. Um, by the time you're listening to this we'll be in your earballs on Monday morning with the huddle where we'll be talking about NCAA championship games uh, who's going to the big game and maybe who already came home with the trophy so uh, tune in on Monday to the huddle and Maria thank you so much for being the third part of our musketeers <laughs> on the show you are the best. And uh, please come on sometime soon. Please, please,
2: again. <laughs> Listen, thank you for having me. I appreciate the, uh, the soapbox to ramble, and it's been great um, being the third musketeer. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see everybody
0: on Monday. Uh, enjoy your basketball.